I swear I am ready. Dan, I just made Dan laugh. That made me feel good. Okay. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post Senate act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Coming up on this episode of Awesome Etiquette, a question about the phrase going Dutch, how to handle hellos in a long hallway, dealing with body odor that's not your own, and more of your questions answered. Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be a part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute. Dan, your wedding. I know. <laughs> ten. Nine. nine eight. eight. So what is the count? How many days out are we? Oh, I, ten, nine. Ten, Depending nine on how you count day of or day before. I tell you, I'm freaking out because my sorry hasn't arrived yet. I have an email sitting there about if I can speed up the shipping or not, and I'm waiting till after the show to open it because I'm so terrified it's going to say no and I won't have a sorry for your wedding. I'm standing on the porch. I'm talking to my mother. The yeah. minister's on hold. The FedEx truck's pulls up. And I say, oh, oh, this is going to be, and it could have been one of four or five delivery, anyway, more like two or three deliveries, but still it feels like there's an acceleration to to everything that's going on. You had your bachelor party last weekend. I did, and it was so much fun. Nothing salacious. (laughs) Um, In fact, it was really relaxing. It was um, exactly what I would have wanted for my bachelor party, a a chance to celebrate some old friendships and spend some time with some people that... And your brother got to come down? Such a treat. Two days uninterrupted time with my brother. They, like, live on the same... Hill basically opposite sides of the mountain, sort of. Your your parents actually live on the same hill as well, but exactly. Well, the same side of the mountain. Yeah, they're all on the same mountain, but they're different, different hills. Si- yeah, they're called different <laughs> things, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But um, um, but he got to come down, so it really felt like. Yes, it felt like everything that I would have wanted my bachelor party to feel like. Um, Highlight, just a little something I'll share. One of my friends who was coming from California on his way to Africa, he's going on safari, brought a drone that Mm. he uses for his landscaping business in California. He's taking it out into the the Okavango Delta to watch game. But we had this drone. Try saying that three times fast. Okavango Delta. (laughs) Oh, it's where, well, we'll talk about the Delta some other time. But to have an eye in the sky, and this this guy's such a prankster, and um, this is the toy he's been waiting his whole life for. (laughs) Um, So it's sort of fun. If anyone out there's ever played with a drone, that was a, a, a new a experience highlight. and a, a fun one. You out on the paddleboard, out on the water, and all of a sudden this mosquito comes down and is circling around you, and you know someone a mile away is watching you. That's and so creepy, but so cool. So cool, so creepy. Etiquette points. Yeah, we were really careful. Um, yeah, uh, most people, you know, you pass a boat, they get excited. It's For a new enough thing. For those who want to know, thing. this is drone etiquette happening now on the <laughs> Awesome Etiquette. Absolutely, podcast. people are still <laughs> excited. People weren't. Um, it's a new enough thing that they would see it and they would wave yeah. and try to get its or attention. It's known or... enough now that people don't see it and go, what the heck? You know, it's like, oh, it's a drone. Someone's watching. I can wave. Yeah, like, yes. It's starting to become comfortable new territory. And my impression was yeah. that there aren't so many of them that it's annoying people yet. So cool. <laughs> At the same time, we were really careful, sort of that whole ambassador new technology thing. Don't get too close. Don't push up onto someone's picnic. Right. Because... Um, that would annoy me. Anyway, so yeah, right. <laughs> kind of a, a little etiquette twist. Don't hover. <laughs> and yourself. I, yeah, I had a busy weekend. I went down to Boston with my soon-to-be roommate, Jacqueline, and stayed with her family. And we went to a um, for, the Forbes house is down in, I think, I think the town is Milton. Mm-hmm. 
Massachusetts, and they are all big supporters of it. And uh, so we went to a Forbes House charity event, which was Benny. I'm sorry, I forgot to take off his stuff, and it's loud. <laughs> and he's very much a part of the show, but he doesn't need to be that much a part he's of the show. Such a part of the show. The Forbes House is. Um, it's kind of like a, a museum at this point and um, talks it, it, it its focus originally was a lot on the um, Forbes uh, relationship with with the China trade and the work that they did there and now it's a bit more related to I think the family itself um, and there's even like a an Abraham Lincoln historian who's a part of it or something like that there's a couple different connections but they threw a, a Gatsby themed uh, charity event to raise money for the house and and keeping it up and and making sure that it's still accessible to the public and Were everything you flappered out I was I was <laughs> flappered out Jacqueline lent me a beautiful floor-length dress that had beading all over over it, and I bought this really cool 1920s um, silver and fake diamond bracelet that I put a ribbon on and wore as a headpiece, oh, yeah, and yeah. it was like really, really cool, really fun. I'm thinking uh, about that picture of Emily. That's one of my favorite pictures. Oh of her yeah, with the where really she, long pearl strand. Totally, and totally. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't bring a long strand of pearls, but, um, but it was, it was cool. It was really fun. I met some interesting people, and one of the people that I met was a woman named Mary Sullivan, and she had one of those Emily stories. I know you've heard them too. That just make you hug someone and. And you're just so glad that your your family was able to do this. I don't know. It's like because you you weren't the person who did it, but you're just so glad to be a part of people that make people's lives better. Well, you like, know like receiving mean? a thank you. It's nice to it's, be able to acknowledge that. Yeah, even if you weren't and, the person that did it yourself, it's like I'm just so glad this made your life yeah. better. But she, um, Mary Mary Sullivan's mother, passed away when she was very young, and when she got married. Um, you know, there it, it really was less of the kind of anything goes era that we live in now and much more um, of there is a way to do this. And she said that the Emily Post book is what got her through planning her wedding. And she the last line that she said to me was, I didn't have a mother. I had Emily Post. Aww. And I just like that hit me to the core. And I was just I was so touched by that. And I mean, of course, she had a mother, you know, and she recognized that, too. But the fact that she said, you know, when I was going through this time where I had all these questions and normally there is that maternal figure there for you. I had Emily Post and I didn't I didn't need anything else. It got me through. And that just it blew me away. And so I wanted to thank Mary Sullivan for sharing that story with me. And it was just it was so touching, especially on a night where kind of I knew nobody. It yeah. was nice to have a real moment of connection. That is awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> families do take all kinds of shapes. <laughs> shapes and forms. And sometimes <laughs> Emily Post becomes your mother. But it was it was wonderful. But um, with that, we kind of have a big show today. We do. And before we jump yeah, to it, yeah. we also have a bit of an announcement. We do <clears throat> have an announcement. Mike, um, I haven't drank all my coffee yet, so I'm a little slow. <laughs> in an effort to e expand the, the family feel of this podcast, Lizzie and I have decided to start a Facebook page Yay! just dedicated to awesome etiquette. And um, following our discussion last week where we talked some about how
how we use Facebook. And we were we were acknowledging that oftentimes for a business or a show or a public enterprise, it's really nice to have a Facebook page that's dedicated, dedicated to, to that it. business or that show. And in this case, it's a show. <laughs> so <laughs> we're launching a Facebook page and we invite you to come take a look at it. Uh, if you like it, give us a like and let us know Please. what you think about the show. We're really hoping it can be a center for this community and a place where all of the etiquette family here at Awesome Etiquette can can interact with us and with each other. So please make it your own home and make it your own. Just like you share everything on Twitter with us, because that's where we seem to be most accessible <laughs> these days, we really want this to be a place where when you are so proud of that dinner table that you just set, share a picture. You know, if you have a thank you note that you received, obviously try to blur out what you need to blur <laughs> out to make sure you're not exposing your friends or family. But, you know, feel free to share a picture tell us a story about it this is a place for you to write hashtag etiquette salute you know hashtag postscript hashtag awesome etiquette for a question so that we know what part of the show you would like your story or your question to be shared on and we are so excited to be able to have this forum we're excited to be able to respond to you and talk to you via it and I just I really want to thank Dan for taking the initiative to actually build the page and make it happen. <clears throat> Although well, we'll, I will make we'll you take down the door that picture and invite of me. everyone in. And, um, but the, the the page is really for everyone. And it is for everybody. So, so please We're excited. find us there and um, let's get to some questions. Let's get to some questions. You're right. There's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn. But it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. On every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. Let's get started. Our first question is a total classic hat <laughs> etiquette. And the question simply is, what is modern day hat etiquette? Should gentlemen take their hat off at a restaurant? Oh, I love to give a simple answer. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> if you don't do it for yourself, if you don't do it for the person you're sitting with, do it for everyone else who's sitting in the restaurant. Do it for the ownership who work hard to make that a place <laughs> that people want to come and eat. Um, it, it is traditional etiquette. You take your hat off inside, but particularly when you're sitting down for a meal. And um, why do you take your hat off inside, particularly at a meal? It's so that people can actually see your face. It's a sign oh, of welcome it. and trust and just the same way – I mean it came from way back in the days of nights when they would raise their visors so that you could see who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those great things that when your kids ask and, you know, especially mm -hmm. little boys who don't want to take their hats off. And it's that such was a me. Great, I, I did know, not this want totally to. totally you. Um, so it's a, great, it's a great reason and a great connection. It's one of those few times where there is a real solid reason behind it. Now, I will fully admit that at the golf club when I come in, and I've had my hat on and I know I'm going to have hat Here hair. we go with the I modern even, twist. I even try to like put my hair back under my hat so that when I take it off, my hair won't be like mm. matted to my head and look terrible. But sometimes I ask the other people that I'm sitting with, do y'all mind if I leave my hat on? And mm -hmm. because it's a sport type thing, they don't mind. But, you know, if you ever are in that type of situation where you are that self-conscious about it or something, you can always ask the people that you're with, do you mind if I leave this on? Or gosh, I feel so 
I feel so rude, but I feel like taking it off might be ruder. <laughs> well, so I love where we're going with this discussion because implicit is you acknowledging place. that right now this is a gender neutral etiquette. Mm-hmm. That the expectation is the same for women as it is for gentlemen. Truly is. And, and particularly, I'm not talking the Sunday hat that's part of a hairdo that's or pinned on your head. a fascinator or, that doesn't cover your face in any way. Word, totally different. Fascinator. Fascinator, yeah. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So, so for, for that very traditional hat, traditional settings, uh, it's okay to leave it on. But what you're describing, baseball cap, you're talking about this a ge- gen- gender neutral yeah. attire it, yeah. in a gender neutral situation. Mm-hmm. The same expectation that I want to see your eyes. I, I want your head to be clear. <laughs> and we're sitting down. Like last night, we sat down at a table, the three of us. I play in a women's uh, golf league. And well, I wouldn't really call it a league because we don't have flights. And we don't like play against each other. But golf group. And um, – and one of the ladies had removed her hat, but the other the other one and I both left ours on. And that was, you know, we, we had deemed that for us, that's okay. When I'm sometimes with some of the more senior members of the group, mm-hmm. I, you know, I make sure to remember my manners and, and I just take it off no matter what. And I say, I know that they're going to appreciate this. I also really like that you acknowledge the reason many, the reason people sometimes feel like they wouldn't or don't want to. Right. Oh, my hair underneath. And I'll just tell you what my mother. As a girl, used, that's a big deal. <laughs> used to tell me when I was equally, um, I, I cared about my hair. I was growing it out. I was in high school. Dan had <clears> really <throat> long hair for any of those that want to know. We might throw a picture of it up on the Facebook page one day. He's shaking his head don't you dare <laughs> um and it, it mortified me to take that baseball cap off and have my hair falling in front of my face i didn't mm-hmm. like it but that was a rule at grandparents and cindy sending my rule. mother was a relatively a, fa- a fairly liberal progressive parent but that was an absolute rule that was she cared a about you that one. must she cared about yep. seeing your eyes and she cared about your hat being off at the table when you went to visit your grandparents and it's funny how those rules stick with you because as I've come into adulthood, that's one that, that I still notice to this day. When oh, someone yeah. around me, I just take your hat off. Just get your hat off. And I try not to indulge that little grump, but it, <laughs> he comes out. So so there you have it. We, we really, <laughs> I feel like for the shortest question we've ever got, we gave you a full answer. <laughs> but um, good answer. Take that hat off inside at the table. Yes, always. Our next question has to do with picking up the tab for a grad. It begins, I'm flying into town for my daughter's college graduation. My relatives are planning a graduation luncheon for her. I should pick up the tab because she's my daughter, correct? Please answer. I don't want to mess this up. Thanks. I really hope that we're getting you an answer in time. I I did try to get this question in like the same week that it came in. But I think that you should offer since they're hosting. um, They're usually fitting the bill. So I don't think they're expecting you to do this. Um, But you it's always nice to offer. If you get turned down, just accept that and enjoy the party. Um, They might really want to be doing this for your daughter. Um, When you do offer, you may want to offer to contribute rather than to pick up the whole tab because you never know how much they've decided to spend. Or you might want to say, hey, I'd love to help. This is what I would be able to contribute in terms of an amount. Um, that way you don't wind up all of a sudden just getting a huge, huge bill that you don't know how to <laughs> Have handle. Have some idea what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, if they turn you down, feel com- feel comfortable with that and just know that, you know, this is one that I, we've had, we've each had relatives throw of lots of parties or yeah. something for us and our parents weren't the ones fitting the bill. Our parents always offered to help, but sometimes they get turned down. And keep it in mind, maybe offer to throw a party for another lucky grad who's in your neighborhood someday. Exactly. <laughs> Our next question begins, Hi, Dan and Lizzie. I'm helping organize a work event. 
At an optional meal, we want to set the expectation that the organization won't be paying. This is commonly referred to as Dutch treat, but I have Dutch friends that feel this term is offensive and reinforces a stereotype that the Dutch are not generous. Because we're in New York, where many people are of Dutch extraction, I'd prefer to use wording that won't inadvertently offend, but is also unambiguous. Can you help me with something that sounds right? Love the podcast. Thanks. Dan. <laughs> I was like, I didn't write oh, oh, I know, it's some it's other not Dan. You. There are other Dan's <laughs> in the world. That was great. All right. Well, I will let you know, um, Dan, that almost every country has its own term for the phrase pay your own way. In Egypt, it's called English style. In Italy, it's Roman style. In South America, it's pay American style. In the Philippines, they actually have an acronym for it. It's KKB, and it's Kanya Kanyang Bayad, which I hope I pronounced correctly, but it translates to pay for your own self. Um, it's just a long way of me telling you that um, anyone can be offended, and most countries have a way of ascribing this form of paying to another country. <laughs> to someone so else. <laughs> in America, unfortunately, you know, and maybe not unfortunately, maybe it's a way that we're recognizing that the Dutch have, have got this thing down. But it's I understand it's not the way that the Dutch actually do things <laughs> just the same way. Plenty of Americans pay for other Americans. We don't always pay for our own way. Um, so I think that that in terms of being insulted, you don't have to worry about it because everybody's insulted with this one. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think instead what you just simply say is call it pay your own way. Um, I would uh, I've, I've also heard it called pay for your plate. Um, what I would do when I'm inviting people to this event is to call the event a gathering. It's more casual, less likely to make people feel like they were invited to something only to then be told that their host isn't taking care of the bill, which is really awkward. When you say, hey, we'd like to invite you to dinner at Joe's yep. after work, five to eight, bring your spouses oh, no, 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 the bill's on you. That's <laughs> really awkward. But instead you say, a bunch of us are meeting up after work um, just to get together for cocktails, probably going to do just a pay-your-own-plate kind of a thing. That's a much more casual, easy, understood invitation. So I would handle it that way um, rather than trying to make it sound like the corporation is putting on an event that then really yeah. everyone is responsible for their own it's something we, we get this question in the social sphere oh, often all and, the time. and to see it coming from a business. I, I think that pay your own way really it, the, the, the question was looking for unambiguous language. Yeah. I think that's the most unambiguous I can yeah. think of. And I really would make sure you call it the gathering because I, I think especially because it's coming from a corporation, a lot of the times when when work is hosting, work is often supposed to be paying the bill. At Emily yeah. Post, even though we're family <laughs> business and six out of eight of us are related – when it comes to an office luncheon or a evening party or something, the company fits the bill, foots the bill, excuse me. And I think it's really important to recognize that nine times out of ten, when you're organizing something from the office, the office should be That's footing the, the bill. expectation that you're working against. It is. So you need <clears throat> yeah. to call this a gathering. It's You need to say, this is casual. We're just meeting up after work. Anyone from the office can come. Yep. Make it as non – you almost have to make it as non-connected to the company as possible since the company is not footing the bill. I think that's – I like that intent yeah. behind the way you craft that message. Yeah. But best of luck, Dan, and, um, and you know, definitely go for the – pay for your plate as opposed to Dutch treat.
This question, so good. I love <laughs> so because good. it gets at the heart of awkward. <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing you would see in Seinfeld, and you know, just and all these wonderful shows. In your life. Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> you experience it all the time. Oh, I love this question. This is the long hallway. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Dan and Lizzie. I'm still fairly new to your podcast, but it's been a treat to stumble upon, and I thoroughly enjoy listening to it as part of my weekly routine. So glad. Welcome to the show. Yay! I had a question regarding maintaining eye contact. At the office where I work, there is one long hallway that runs through the building and off of which all of the individual cubicles and offices are located. It can take as much as 20 to 30 seconds to walk down. Now, I just want to say, a lot of people (laughs) listen and they think, oh, 20 to 30 seconds – we cover whole questions in 20 to 30 seconds sometimes. Well, Hans is probably going to laugh at that, our producer, because we, we wind up having long questions. But That's 20, a long time. 20 to 30 seconds is a long time, a long, awkward time. So it takes 20 to 30 seconds to walk down depending on your pace. I often find myself noticing someone walking towards me from the opposite end. And while I want to do the polite thing and greet them or smile, because of the extremely long distance... I don't often feel comfortable maintaining that eye contact for the entire time. Normally, I will wait until I'm a few paces away to make eye contact and say hello, but feel that this can be awkward if we've already locked eyes several paces earlier. Not to mention, there isn't really anywhere else I could pretend to be looking besides down the hall towards my destination. I have even noticed some of my more shy coworkers avoiding eye contact altogether, which can make it even more uncomfortable. Do you have any advice for the polite protocol for time to maintain eye contact, particularly with people who are just acquaintances or coworkers? Thank you for your time and have a wonderful day. Warm regards, Brianna. Or Brianna. Brianna, <laughs> thank you for your question. <laughs> it's such a good I, question. I, 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 as I was reviewing this one, um, I, I read it out loud to Pooja. She just started cracking. I think everyone <laughs> has experienced this. We have a long bridge that gets us into our office we do, where well, we do this every day with people. Here at VPR, there's a really long hallway just like she's describing that we walked this down. This is good etiquette. Yeah. And the it, it also um, it addresses how acutely aware we are of where each other are looking. We can follow each other's attention with our eyes. And it is it is so important. It is such a part of how we interact socially. And I love talking about it with our business clients. And I love this particular question because it gives us a chance to – I think you have to acknowledge when you make eye contact with someone. I think you do it from a distance. This is my best shot first answer. If it doesn't maintain for 20 or 30 seconds, that is fine and good and probably even appropriate because to stare each other down over that whole distance – I, I weird, I'm man. I'm picturing a joust. I mean you might <laughs> even start to pretend – I mean it, it could have that feeling. So I think you, you – <laughs> You, you sustain that eye contact as long as it's comfortable. And I okay. and I think that's usually probably not too, too long, a couple of seconds. But I think when you get close again, when you actually pass each other, you, 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 you let it look happen up. again. Yeah. And That's what I think. Like when she says she does the thing where she kind of doesn't make the full eye contact until a couple paces before, yep. I think that's good. And if you, if you mess that up a little and you, you start like um, – I'm just going to – these aren't actual measurements. We didn't practice this in the hallway. But let's say that five paces before you actually are right next to each other, you make eye contact. And then you realize it's going to be weird if you keep looking. That's when you make the eye contact. You say, hey, how's it going today? And then yep. whatever's <clears throat> in your hand or just, you know, then move on to what you're looking towards. I think it's okay to do that. Yeah. If you're 10 paces back, maybe you maybe you do kind of wait and avoid that eye contact until you're three or four paces away. 
away. And that, I think, is okay. You can look up. You can see the person. Then maybe you can look down at, at what you're holding or just kind of look towards where you're going. I often wind up looking at my feet, which winds up looking stupid. But you can wait again yep. to re-engage at that closer moment. And, and that's when you can give the second kind of hello of, you know, how's it going today? Or, you know, can't wait for that meeting at four or something. Two, I mean, two, well, and two things that come. You don't need to say hi every time you pat. Like you can acknowledge someone with eye contact, a smile, yeah. a nod. If you've already seen them throughout the day, you exactly. don't have to re-say hello, how's it going? And, and just the fact that you're in proximity doesn't mean you have to re-engage in that way. In yeah. fact, the, the, I think a, a good nod. productive day at the office, part of it is being able to make eye contact, acknowledge someone without necessarily doing deep dive interaction. Oh, thank goodness someone said it. The other <laughs> thing that I'm wondering about, too, is you talked about like, oh, look, I end up looking at my feet. There are a couple of things that you can do with your gaze, with your focus. Yeah. And one is without changing where your eyes are pointed, you can remove the the the, the concentration of the focus. Oh, so you so can look you can, like you're out of it without down the hallway. crossing your eyes <laughs> like, like my cousin is doing at me. No, right but I'm now. just thinking like, so is that when you get that like vacant stare of like zombie like? Yes, no, but maybe, that's but don't. Silly. I wouldn't zombie out, but I do okay. think there's a place for being able to control the intensity of your gaze. I mean, this well, is a subtle. This is subtle territory. Yeah, I, I don't I acknowledge. think you I, should like lock in on the person, and then even mm-hmm. as they're walking by, you're starting mm-hmm. to turn your head. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then another one is that the actual focus, like not not the the quality of the focus, but where you're attention is and you just like I feel awkward looking at my feet all the time yeah. a piece of advice I sometimes give people is is pr- practice allowing yourself to recover your gaze in different ways yeah, so it's not always good, an see, unconscious action yeah. a lot of times it's habitual what we do with our eyes to recover ourselves and yeah. for a lot of people it's down in a way um, sort of feels like you're returning into yourself and it's a, it's a way to to gather yourself um, I like to advise people to sometimes let you let your gaze recover up let your gaze recover just over something someone's head um, or just above so them. It's not always down. So it's not like you're always looking down in a way, yeah. but you can you can recover yourself. You can let your eyes rest. You can break that, the intensity of just staring into the abyss. Another trick we teach little kids, you can look at the bridge of someone's nose. And it's a way, that's a way to sort of take the intensity, <laughs> intensity out of that, out of it, yeah. that focus in that moment without breaking the the direction of the gaze. Brianna, we hope that that helps and that these long hallway walks get a little less uncomfortable. Our next question is a bit of an ew. <laughs> it begins, <laughs> hi, Lizzie and Daniel. What is the most sensitive, polite way to tell an acquaintance that his body odor is an issue? Context, every year friends host a large multi-day gathering at their home. Most guests sleep over three or four nights, and we all socialize and play board and card games from dawn to dusk. It is fairly close quarters, and having to avoid him or vacate a room he enters has been a problem the past two years. Whoa! I realize there is a possibility he has no control over it, but this is really having an impact on the gathering, and I want to address it somehow. Thanks for your thoughts. Ouch! Man, it is— Two years. Well, and it's really hard. When it's the— when it gets to the point where people vacate the room to avoid him, that's some—that's some pretty smelly B.O., Yep. going on. It's like one thing when you're in close proximity and you hug someone and you can smell it, but when you stand next to them, you don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if it's that strong, wow. Um, so I think two two things to consider. One is first consider yourself. Are you super hypersensitive to smells right now? That happens. My mother can smell cigar smoke that has never ever been 
Smoked. Uh, smoked. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. I was I not the, your intention to I have was a cigar not today. the kid who could get a, get away with smoking cigarettes or trying to or something like that. Like, that didn't happen. Um, my mom can smell it even if it hasn't been around. So just consider first, are you someone who is very sensitive to smell? Um, it sounds to me like other people have noticed this is a difficult problem with this person, that this might be kind of something that's been talked about amongst your friends, that sort of thing. I think that you deal with this the way you would want someone to deal with it with you. So think about how you would want someone to approach you if you were the smelly person. Um, do you know about it? Do you not know about it? You have to find out. Yep. So you say, hey, Chris, I um, I was hoping that I could talk to you about something for a second. And, oh, I'm sorry. I used the name Chris as our example and our sound engineer's Chris. And he is like no, cringing really, in the no, corner. Really. Not, 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 not Chris, I need to talk you. to you. <laughs> Sniffing. Sound. Sorry, that sounds kind of gross, but it's pretty funny. Okay, so um, we will say Keith. All right. Does that make you feel better? Keith, uh, you know, I was hoping that I could talk to you about something for a minute. I'd. I know I'd want someone to talk to me if the situation were reversed. I'd, I know I'd want someone to ask me. I just wanted to know if um, if you were aware that body odor has become strong. And that's one way to get him. He might say, you know, I'm on a medication and that's a side effect. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it, unfortunately, or gosh, it's so embarrassing. I'm aware of it. Something has changed, you know, in my body and yeah. it's it's really become a problem. Or you might say, I had no idea. Is this why people aren't hugging me? No. Um, yeah. Or they <laughs> might be offended and they might say, you know, that's really none of your business. And you could get any of these reactions, but this is the best way to approach this by saying, I would want someone to tell me or to talk to me about it if the situation was reversed. Um, it's not your job to come to this conversation with um, body spray and deodorant in hand. You know, this person <laughs> is an adult. They know how to fix this. Um, but it might be something this just might get the conversation going or at least bring it to a level of awareness so that he knows that this is kind of affecting other people. I wouldn't go so far as to say, well, people are leaving the room when you enter. I think those are the kinds of things it that it starts to get hurtful. Do you, have, what do you, what do you, because we talk about this yeah. in our business etiquette seminars. No. This is actually one of the I, scenarios. I, I really like hearing you give the answer because I'm hearing you go through in your script a lot of the things that I would advise, the priming, the asking permission, the mm-hmm. thinking about them. The, and, and, and as usual, I really like your language. I like the way it sounds. Really? Because this is one it. that no matter what, I think it's just hard. It's I think because it, it's a hard conversation. It never comes across well. It's always, I feel like, it Actually, you know what? It happens in Sex in the City at one point. So Samantha in like season one winds up telling a guy who has really bad breath and he says, oh, it's the Chinese herbs. And she says, honey, ditch the herbs. You're going to live yeah. a long life alone. <laughs> and she has such a spunky way yeah. of talking about it. So use your personality, I think, but be yeah. very aware of the person you're talking to. The other thing in terms of that awareness, I really like how you've got these three possible responses that you're aware you might get oh, gosh. and and sort of having a little bit of a preparation for it. this person might be really offended like that's yeah. that's a really that's a real possibility they might say i had no idea and ask for suggestions so maybe have a couple ideas in mind things that you could offer maybe it's a different shower routine maybe it is I feel like they're going to know those or if they I think they are too. I think if they ask for what do you think I could do because I've tried 
a different shower. I've tried shower three times a day or I do this or I do that. And that's when I say you got to talk to your doctor about it, because if it is something different that your body's started doing. And that's the whole I I have no idea. Thank you for telling me. The Mm -hmm. other possibility is I I, I have no I had no idea. I'm going to get on that. Yeah. (laughs) And that was me. Someone had this discussion with me at one point. And it was after I just I'd started dancing more. Really? So I was spending more time in a studio before I went to work. And someone uh, handled this very, very well and had this discussion with me. I think about it to this day. You're so good about that kind of stuff, though. Like you are so good about taking personal quote-unquote criticism. And I just wonder how this happens when it's someone who isn't. Yeah. No, if you know? that person's really offended, I think you have to be prepared to to back away. To and say, you know, I, I, I really – I wanted to talk to you about it. I really thought that you should know. I'm, I'm sorry I offended – or I'm, I, I apologize was, for offending you I if that happened. I was going to say, you know, yeah, that I would say something like, Keith, I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean to, to put you in an awkward situation. I sincerely – my intention was to help and – Clearly, I didn't, and I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. And then just walk away and let it be. Yep. Oh, it's a poor tough one. guy. It's a I tough feel one, bad for but him. But it's a great one. I feel bad for him. And, and not uncommon, so take heart. You're not the only person who's had to face this on, on either side of this question. You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? everyone for sending in your questions and remember we love updates if we answered your question on the show or if you have a comment about one of our questions feel free to send it in you can also submit your question to awesome etiquette at emilypost.com or send it in via our new facebook page <laughs> or our twitter accounts just use the hashtag awesome etiquette so we know you want it on the show week we like to end our show on a positive note with an etiquette salute today's salute begins hello i'd like to give an etiquette salute to the nursing staff in the maternity ward at saddleback hospital in orange county california i gave birth to my first child there in november congratulations i had planned to deliver in a birthing center but during labor it became necessary for me to transfer to the hospital i was so upset and nervous but the nurses put me at ease as soon as i was admitted They were warm, friendly, and respectful of my wishes throughout the two-day stay. I felt completely confident in their care for my little girl and me. One thing in particular really wowed my husband and me, though. Within a couple days of returning home, we received a card with handwritten notes of well wishes from each of the nurses who'd cared for us. Mm. Knowing how very busy they are, we felt the gesture was so sweet and thoughtful. It further cemented our feelings that should we be blessed with more children, we'll definitely return to Saddleback. Thanks, Wendy. That is so nice. Wendy, that's really nice to hear. It Thank is. you for sharing that. That's like just a really <laughs> sweet salute. But, you know, Wendy's salute is actually the last of the salutes that we have, and we need no. more salutes. So please <laughs> tell us all of the wonderful people and experiences that you're encountering out there, because we definitely want to hear from you. And we love salutes that come from our listeners. So send us your salute for sure to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Well, uh, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. That's our show for today. As always, thank you for listening and spending some of your day with us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. 
And don't forget, there's no show without you, so send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, and your suggestions to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. If you like what you hear, don't be shy. Tweet it, Facebook post it, and of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. On Facebook, we're the Emily Post Institute. On Twitter, I'm at Lizzie A. Post. That's Lizzie with an I-E. And I'm at Daniel underscore Post. Or you can visit us at emilypost.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner. And our show is produced and edited by the wonderful Hans Buto. Hans Buto.